And if you are not XYZ, be bold to tell your name in plain words without any confusion and ambiguities. Rather be sure you are recording. Don't tell stories at the end of the service. Be sure the time the timepiece is running on the recorder. I welcome every person to this wonderful service. For me, it is church always. When I start to pray, I have the privilege to be in church or at a prayer meeting. I'm never perturbed or bothered or disturbed by presence or absence. Just like talking to a loved one, a family member, somebody that you are affectionately attached to, and two people become a crowd. Sorry, I mean more than two become a crowd. So when I say let's talk to God or let's sing to the Lord, it's always about I and Jehovah Almighty God. And I thank the Lord that I have the privilege to always, always boldly talk to God. Jesus at Matthew's Gospel, chapter 9, tells it all about our relationship with this world. And you must not get it twisted or mixed. When I talk about you and this world, I'm not saying you should altogether leave the world. Like Paul would rhetorically suggest or ask at 1 Corinthians chapter number 5. 1 Corinthians 5, 9. I wrote unto you an epistle not to come with fornicators. Yet not altogether with the fornicators of this world. Or with the covetous extortioners or with idolaters but then must ye needs go out of the world then must ye needs go out of the world in fact 
First Corinthians 10 and verse 27. If any of them that believe not, First Corinthians 10 27, if any of them that believe not bid you to a feast and ye be disposed to go, whatsoever is set before you, eat. Asking no question for conscience sake. What exactly what Paul said? Paul was saying, if an unbeliever invites you to a feast and you go, don't bring up questions as to what to eat or what not to eat. Because if you bring up the questions, your conscience may become injured if you feel you have to eat that which is not permitted to be eaten. And we talk about not company with the world or living a Christian life above this world and being separate. It would be hypocritical to say don't company with every man on this earth. We only say do it with understanding. The whole concept of living on this earth and not being adulterated by this earth is a very cheap one from the Bible. You live with the consciousness of supernatural control. Supernatural control. I said to you in this church, I said, it's impossible to be able to preach Christ or indeed be the light of this world, Matthew 5, 16, Philippians 2 and verse 15, except you maintain a position of fixity in separation. In separation. You must be separate. Separate. You can't live a holy life without being separate. And we talk about a holy life. We're talking about holiness on all grounds, in all ramifications, and at all fronts. The moment you start to think like the world thinks, you can't live a holy life. Right from the very fundamental, I quoted at you, Romans chapter 12, verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living dead. A living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. That is your reasonable act of divine worship. It is just reasonable in the worship of Jehovah to present your body like a zombie. A zombie. A zombie. Verse 2 of Romans 12, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. I said the word 
confirm this word suske matizo suske matizo confirmed it means to tilt to fashion after to mold to try to be I, I preached something at you that day I said it looks to me as if when we try to be ourselves we are working ourselves out when you try to walk in the flesh or walk in your masculinity or your femininity you are trying to work yourself up in the flesh because you are more in the spirit than you are in the flesh this is amazing but it is the truth Galatians 5 and verse 25 if we live in the spirit let us also walk in the spirit and Romans and chapter 8 and verse 9 you are not in the flesh but in the spirit if so be that the spirit of Christ dwelleth in you to fashion, to tilt exactly what Peter says when he gives admonition as to how to live our lives here on earth look at the word at first Peter chapter number 1 and verse 13 wherefore guard up the loins of your mind be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, obedience, obedience, not fashioning. The word conformed is the same word fashioning. Have you seen the word? The same word at Romans 12, chapter number 2, is the same we find that first peter 1:14 fashioning conform that is to create to mold after to style after a particular life there is a spiritual transformation that has happened in my life as a believer in your life as a believer and as a saint of god that it is taking so much to live our old life this is somehow very unbelievable but it is true it is very incredible but it is true that it's taken so much to be yourself it is taken so much to get angry like you used to it is taken so much to get licentious like you used to and that as it is now you have a better disposition and chatter in the realm of the spirit than the physical i think what you just need to do is a deliberate attitude of obedience where you say I have the power and the nature of God to live right than to live in sins or in the quagma of licentious attitudes that were peculiar to me before I met the Lord Jesus Christ I said this to you boldly in this church I said Romans 6 and verse 14 sin, for sin shall not have dominion over you for you are not under law but under grace Titus hits it on the head right the bull by the eyes Titus chapter number 2 verse number 11 for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust we should live soberly righteously and godly in this present world 
looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself the peculiar people zealous of good works by nature you and I have what it takes to do right than to do unrighteousness can I say it again and lay some little emphasis on it I mean the new life in Christ Jesus affords the privilege of living holy and walking right pleasing the Lord and pleasing ourselves you are more in the realm of the spirit than you are in the flesh you are more righteous than you are a sinner credentialities of your personality are more in the things of God than in the flesh you are more to be identified with spiritual nomenclature than the flesh you are more to be labored with the power and the glory of the spirit of Christ and the holiness that God has created than your name in the flesh and your physical propensities and faculties for sin you have what it takes to do good to live right to speak right to act right than to act in the flesh the power of eternal life within you is stronger than the power of physical affiliations this may sound incredible but it is the truth so at Matthew Jesus is saying I mastermind control the world the world needs me so if I live in this world or I act on this earth either I'll be pleasing to Christ and follow his dictator his mannerisms of lifestyle or lifestyle I should do it without strength of complete control how does this sound to you you determine you control and determine things than things control and determine you see what he said verse 9 Matthew 9 and as Jesus passed forth from thence he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the receipt of custom and he saith unto him follow me and he arose and followed him and it came to pass as Jesus sat at meat in the house behold many publicans and sinners perhaps upon seeing him call Matthew a sinner came and sat down with him and his disciples they didn't feel inferior or guilty anymore if you could call Matthew you can call any of us the problem we are saying in their minds and when the Pharisees saw it they said unto his disciples why eat your master with publicans and sinners I don't want you to say what exactly does God expect me to do? I live on this earth. I'm married. I have children. I occupy a leadership position. I'm an administrator. I'm a manager. I'm a boss. 
I run a school, I run a system, I run a supermarket. What does God expect me to do? Is he saying I should leave the world and die and go to heaven immediately? No. He's only saying you must understand that the world is sick. The world is sick. And we are on the victorious side of eternal life. Hallelujah. The world is sick. This was Christ's perspective. Jesus saw the world. He, he looked upon them with pity and empathy and sympathy. He looked upon the world. He looked upon the world with that sense of boy, oh boy, you need me. Let us see some scriptures and let's learn by inference this attitude of an overcomer, a conqueror, a victor. So that we can relate with this as like Christ did. We can relate with this world like Jesus would have done. We can relate with this world with a sense of pity. That says that they need me. At Matthew 9 verse 35, and Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues. And preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them. When he saw humans, when he saw the world, I don't know if you have ever, ever considered humans on this earth with any sense of pitifulness humans are suffering now don't get it mixed up or twisted people have said we all are suffering Nigerians are suffering no I'm not talking about this kind of unbelief or confusion I'm talking about with the Christ victory mindset that whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world and pitying the world with compassion and wishing you could do something to snatch them from the clutches of hell. One guy by the name of Jonathan Edwards. Jonathan Edwards preached a sermon described as one of the best sermons in the history of mankind. Jonathan Edwards, he preached a sermon titled The Sinner in the Hands of an Angry God. The Sinner in the Hands of an Angry God. It was said that while he was still preaching, 
several people who sat there began to cry and some of them held onto their seats because Jonathan Edwards had described them so well as though they were falling off their seats into hell so they began to cry and hold onto their seats because they saw that they were lost then he preached God's love and Matthew men and verse 36 but when he saw the multitudes he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and they were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd oh pity what pity they were helpless they were mangled they were used up destroyed having no shepherd they were wondrous confused people Matthew 14 and verse 14 and Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion towards them and healed their sick Matthew 4 and verse 23 Matthew 4 verse 23 and when Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people and his fame went throughout all Syria that's that compassion people are helpless This is why he says, for example, do all things without murmurings and disputings, that you may be the sons of God without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom ye ought to shine as light holding forth the word of life. I don't think it's ideal, it's not biblical, it's not right as children of God to be there murmuring, complaining, fussing like others like Gentiles that know not God Gentiles that know not God you know I I always always feel that an encounter with Jesus is such a transforming encounter such a power leading encounter such a divine intrusion of God into the affairs of men that you would unconsciously live this life abroad you will shine how can you say you have met the Lord Jesus and it's not showing it's not there's nothing about you there must be an air of contentment an air of spirituality an air of satisfaction and an air of power around you let's let's quote some free scriptures then I get back to what the world is and the state of the world and why you ought to pity the world and govern control the world by the power of the Holy Spirit let's let's see some scriptures 
with Paul speaking transformation. Let's say for example, at Galatians 2 and verse 20, he said, It is no longer I that liveth. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ that liveth in me. And life I live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. At Philippians 3, the man Paul describes the state he was in with where he was before he met the Lord Jesus. This is, this is true. If you don't see Jesus' touch or Jesus' healing of your soul as anything meaningful or completely different from whatever you have been used to on this earth, if you don't see the gospel as the best news of a lifetime, you may not be able to operate at the vantage position of complete control over this life like God will have you do. You have to be there thinking, oh, the best happened unto me. After he had reeled out his CV, he said, Philippians 3 verse 7, but what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. Imagine, circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of the Hebrews as touching the law a Pharisee concerning zeal persecuting the church touching the righteousness which is in the law blameless all these account loss this is a transforming encounter nothing this is a transforming encounter nothing like this has happened to me before. The world could not have given me what I have in Christ today. There's nothing like preaching Christ without rating the impact in your life as absolutely beyond every other impact you have ever encountered. Every impact you are possibly going to encounter in your lifetime. It is not possible, ladies and gentlemen, to preach the gospel with conviction and persuasion, to preach the gospel whether it's season or out of season, unless you have the mind that something happened to you remarkably, extraordinarily great, you want to share with somebody. Somebody touched me. Somebody touched me. Somebody touched me. Somebody touched me. I want him to touch you also. I think there are several things we preach outside preaching the gospel under the guise of preaching the gospel. Can I say it again? There are several things we say under the platform of preaching the gospel which to me is not preaching the gospel. For example, we say, come to our church. We say, join fellowship. Join me. Come and see my pastor. Come and see our church. I have AC, air conditioning system in our church. Uh, come, 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 come. We really say, let Jesus meet you. Let him heal. Let him touch you. Let him change your life like a changed man. The story of a life change. A transformation. A remarkable, remarkable touch of power. He said, all the things that were given to me, I counted them but loss. Verse 8. He doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency that is 
preternaturality, supernaturality. The excellency, the excellency. Above all of the knowledge. Have you seen this? If an encounter with Christ does not leave you with a resounding, memorable thought of complete accomplishment, you may not be able to do all I've been saying. Resounding accomplishment. Hi! Wow! Thank you, Jesus. Resounding accomplishment. Superiority. Better excellency. Higher. Pass. Supreme. Above. Superior. This is also used at supreme high he doubtless and I can all things but loss for the superior excellent better higher supreme oh boy oh boy thank you Jesus than all things I've suffered the loss of all things and was still the man said I count them but rubbish feces dung waste very smelly waste that I may win Christ this is descriptive of a change let's see one other description that the man Paul gives so that you can understand that when I say it's not about living in self-pity it's not about um, having a withdrawal syndrome it's not about trying to play some religion towards the world it's about living in complete control you get it right Galatians Galatians I want to say chapter number 6 verse number 14 here Paul describing him and the world but God forbid that I should glory saying in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world <laughs> think about this this is the position I'm talking about The entire world is crucified to me. The world died to me. I have lost the world. This kind of thing will not make you cry anymore. If you are not getting there, you are not getting rich, or you are not getting what you want on earth in good time. If you are not getting where you want to get to in good time, it's it looks as if it's been delayed and you're not 
clinching or reaching that position of prosperity, physical affluence, riches or wealth like you have prayed and fasted and desired and wished and wanted. The man said, the world died to me. This world died to me. And he says, not just that the world died to me, even I died to the world. I lost the world, the world lost me. We don't have any kind of affiliation. I'm just living here on earth with complete dominion and victory. No wonder. First John 5 and verse 4 says, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. This is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. I said to you at the beginning of this sermon, I said, You must have a distinction isolation mentality you must have a separatist mentality from the world you must be clear cut defined as different and i'm saying also that you must have the sense i have overcome the world think about it first john 1 verse 4 it says ye are of god little children and you have overcome them for greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world the world has a god but you have a greater one living within you the world has a god but you have a greater one living within you. So each time you think of the world, each time I see you in the world, I want to see you operating with that consciousness. The greater one dwells here. Because the world will roar with its gods. The world will roar with its gods. See, see how 1 Corinthians chapter 8 describes this roar. 1 Corinthians 8. See how it describes this roar. The world will roar at you with its gods. The world will challenge you. The world will resist you. The world will try to repress you. The world will rebel against you and the gospel of Christ. What position are you supposed to take as a child of God? 1 Corinthians chapter number 8 and verse 1. Now as touching things offered unto idols, we know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge prophet up but charity edified and if any man think that he knoweth anything he knoweth nothing here that he also know but if any man love God is him is not of none of him as concerning therefore the eating of those things that are offered sacrifice unto idols we know that an idol is nothing in this world and there be none other God but one for though there be that are called gods whether in heaven or in earth as there be gods many and lords many have you seen this in the atmospheric heavens, spirituality, or on this earth, they are gods and they are lords. So, the world will roar at you with her gods. Demi-gods. False idols. Deceitful creatures of supremacy. For though there be that are called, they are called gods, they are not gods. Either in heaven or in earth. As there be gods, many are lots many. But to us there is but one God, the Father, of whom are all things, and we in him. And one Lord Jesus, by whom are all things, and we by him. The world presents to you its facts and figures of gods. But you know there is only one God, by whom are all things, and you in him. Hey! Of whom are all things, and we in him. One Lord Jesus Christ, by whom are all things, and we by him. Have you had me say this to you? The world will present lords and gods, deities, principalities and powers, rulers 
of the darkness of this world spiritual wickedness in the high places have you seen many of us very confused about life because the world is presenting to you several hierarchies of demonic manipulation some of you are very confused about god right now some of you are not even sure of the god you serve sometimes you are even wondering whether there is god or not there's a splash on your face of deities they're my gods you're not even sure what to do anymore you are dancing you are, you are dancing and trotting around demons because you are confused if 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 there is god if there is god how come god has not answered me what a very ridiculous way to establish god's presence and presence and existence very ridiculous if there is god how come i'm not rich what a ridiculous way what a very ridiculous way to establish god's presence in your mind <laughs> hebrews 11 verse 6 Hebrews 11 and verse 6 For with half faith It is impossible to please God He that cometh to God must believe that God is Fundamentally You must agree God is Without seeing him Yet you believe Oh Jesus Christ It's a pleasure to serve Jesus And not see him Oh my Lord Whom have not seen whom having not seen first peter 1 8 ye love in whom though now ye see him not yet believing ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory you are convinced that he exists though you can't see him you are not trying to place him on the standard of the litmus or the edge of some apparatus to prove his existence because God's existence is beyond human existence you cannot prove God's existence on the grounds of physical quality and be right God is a spirit the entirety of God's existence is spiritual experiences do not confirm him he confirms experiences he's the Lord of experiences he's the Lord over the world trying to make him life is extreme stupidity god does not subject himself to such vile oaths and irrational thinking of men which is not spiritual the world will holler to its own gods and possibilities and fears the world will invade your mind with all sorts of contradictions on god's existence but my brother my sister remember he is god almighty of whom are all things and we in him one lord jesus christ by whom are all things are we by him for whatsoever is born of god cometh the world look at what john says these are facts that would help you to have the mindset I'm preaching tonight. Notice that in this church, when I preach at you, 
I preach at you through a route where conviction will come. And sometimes I'm, I'm telling you, if you don't believe this, you can never believe this. If you don't know this, you can never think this way. If you don't agree with this, you can never make progress. And you feel that, who is this guy? Why is he so pompous? Well, I'm sorry. Principles do not impose curses. Principles only ensure blessings. If you don't follow the route I'm prescribing, you may never be able to arrive at the conviction I want you to have tonight. Think about all these things this people said. No wonder they felt the way they felt. No wonder they acted the way they acted. Jesus, for example, said, Year of the earth, earth, I am from God, from heaven above. He knew that from the beginning. He said, Ye are of your father the devil. John 8 and verse 44. And the loss of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning. And he bought more than the truth. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. For he is a liar and the father of it. He said, I don't belong here. You are of this earth and from heaven. No man had ascended into heaven before. The only begotten son who is in the bosom of the father, he has declared him. John 3.13, John 1.18 I'm from heaven! So, he was able to rule this earth with the power of heaven. First John 5 and verse 19 And we know that we are of God and the whole world lies in wickedness. You are in confusion! You are under you are under the spell of Satan. Second Corinthians 1 verse 3. If the gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. You are lost. Wow. Jesus gave himself, Galatians 1 4, to deliver from this present evil world. Now, this is the kind of mission you should have. So I'm not saying you should live this life and stay in heaven. I did not say move your luggage and start moving to heaven right now. I'm only saying that while on this earth, live on this earth with the mentality I'm above the world. The world died to me and I to the world. There is nothing in me the world finds. I'm not corrupted. And we know that we are of God. What a way to live. And we know that we are of God. Like Jesus did too. And the whole this whole lies in wickedness. Whether it's at your office, or your academic place of endeavor, your job place of professionalism, at the markets, some shopping mall at some eatery restaurant some sauce cell restaurant you are actually living like an alien this is what he calls us dearly beloved as pilgrims and strangers aliens aliens 
few weeks ago I saw a white man. I'm sure he's not American. His, his accent puts him off. He's like maybe some Asian or some other European person. He's not American. I was buying some stuff at the supermarket and he was there too. And in less, in less than three minutes of his coming, there were not less than ten people around him. Just excited at his person. And then the man said, see, see, see. said, see Nigerians, see Nigerians, see Nigerians. Nigerians, see white man, they come. See Nigerians, see Nigerians. And it's for real. The glue of the white man, his skin, his looks, his speech, and now his foreign hard currencies. <laughs> anyway, you see a white man, oh boy, oh boy. Anyway, you see a white man, oh boy. Oh boy. Very exciting to, to behold. It's an alien. He's an ambassador of his country. He's a pastor's by says, Sir John, he will soon go back home. He's here representing his country. The weight of his country is behind him. The power of his country is behind him. He's here on legal grounds. If you handle an American anyhow, the American government can destroy an entire nation because of an American. Trump can blow Asorok because you have malhandled an American and you have refused to apologize. Trump can blow up Asorok, can, 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 can remove Ilori out of the map in less than a few minutes with his missiles. Missiles that will be targeted at Ilori. Just wipe Ilori out of the map. That's the end of it. There's some nuclear missiles that can destroy nations. There's some bombs that can destroy I said nations like Nigeria. 200 million with over 760,000 square meters. Vroom! <laughs> because you manhandled an American. They believe in their citizens so much and invest trillions of dollars. The man is budgeting over four trillion dollars this 2020 to procure military power equipment to fight any nation that meddles with any America anywhere in the world, any American anywhere in the world. You and I are aliens, we are sojourners, we are passers by, we are ambassadors. We should have that mind. This world is in darkness, this world is in wickedness. We are the light of the world. Unless we have such minds. We can't do what I'm saying. So, at Matthew's gospel, as I get set to close, chapter 9, Jesus is saying, I have what the world needs. Power. I have the solution. I'm not sure we can save this world by gospel. I'm not sure we can actually represent Christ well unless we have come to see the encounter with God as 
powerful and has potential power for us to live with on this earth. There's no hope. And nobody knows how long distance will be. There's no hope. So much confusion. People are just there doing their own thing. Wallowing in the mark of sinfulness. There's no hope. Fears are more fears in the land. Who knows what's going to happen next? Who knows where Boko Haram will hit hard next? Who knows where ISIS will be lodged next? Who knows where Fulani headsmen will target next? Who knows? There's so much confusion. So we all join the world murmuring and, and complaining. The child of God ought to speak. I know how it shall be. For there stood by me this night the angel of God whose I am, whom I serve. There was a serious corruption on the high seas. At Acts of the Apostles, chapter number 27. Acts 27. They had used their own hands to throw out even the support for the ship. Verse 18. And we've been exceedingly tossed with a very violent wind, a tempest. The next day, they used their own hands to throw out their luggage overboard. Even the support and the anchors of the ship, they threw it away. The ship was sinking. The thing was so much that they thought to lighten the ship. When you, when you throw your anchor and support away because you are afraid you are going to die. You are in a serious jeopardy of life. You lighten the ship. Verse 20, Acts 27. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all the hope that we should be saved was then taken away. They became absolutely hopeless. Sometimes everybody is hopeless. I heard that on Sunday, towards Sunday night, or was it Sunday towards Monday? Some Nigerians were moving between Damatu and Maiduguri town. And the soldiers had withdrawn at 4 a.m. to go rest. They left their shift. As though invited, the moment the soldiers left, Boko Haram came and killed everybody they saw and destroyed all the cars and took property away. Here comes the controller person who said they didn't kill many, they only killed 10 people. And they destroyed few cars. And they recovered two people. He claimed there were over 200 cars. Listen and listen good. He said there were over 200 cars. Shortly sometimes at such times. And uh, Boko Haram killed just 10 people. 
and recovered two people <laughs> and they destroyed a few cars. So, if there were close to 200 cars and they found only two people and they killed 10, where were the occupants, other occupants of the 200 cars? Maybe they fled, they walked away, they drowned, they've been killed. Whatever it is. Imagine if you were traveling between Damaturu and Majiguri and the soldiers left you to take refuge in a little town which is a Boko Haram infested town. What would you have done? Hell was a serious issue that brought their life into jeopardy of a possible death. Gruesome death on the high seas with a lot of sea animals waiting to take a chunk of food like never in a while. When neither sun nor stars in many days appeared and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. But after long abstinence, just waited. He abstained from talking. He had spoken earlier they refused to listen. He had abstained from talking. Sometimes there is so much confusion. There is a wild wind of discomforting words. No, this is happening. This is happening. What will we do? We're going to die. We're going to die. We're going to. And then you are just somewhere talking in tongues. You are trapped in a gridlock, a traffic gridlock between the very notorious, I mean, on the very notorious path, the road between Obomosho and Oyo, old path, very notorious path, very deadly path. That claims I hear not less than five brilliant Nigerians die on this road every day. It's been happening like that for over 15 years. Daily, five Nigerians die on this road in the last 15 years. Imagine five multiplied by 365 and then by 15. Imagine the number of souls we have lost between. Sometimes I'm on the road. I'm coming from Lagos from a program of some visitation. And there is a traffic squam so long. There was a time I witnessed the holdup between Obomosho and Oyo itself. A stretch of like maybe 40 kilometers or more. 60 kilometers or more. An entire stretch of the road. Traffic issues. It's not getting easier. And then headsmen begin to plunder and loot treasuries. Sometimes I hear it happens on the express. People are rushing in to find a place at the convention of the churches. Christ Embassy. Um, Redeemed Christian Church of God or Deeper Life. They are all located on that place of Mountain of Fire and Miracles Ministries. People are there and they are caught up in the gridlock. Pitch darkness, 12 midnight through 5 a.m. They're on the road. Moving in meters. In meters. 
or centimeters. When neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, Sirs, ye should have hearkened unto me, and not have loosed from Crete, and to have gained this harm and loss. And now, I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the sheep. We are going to lose this sheep, but not one of you will die. Two seventy-six souls. Two seventy-six souls. Not one of you is going to die. Hey! On the high seas. Ah, even those who cannot swim. Two seventy-six souls. Ah, this man. Are you sure of what you are saying? That they would all escape to land? 276 souls. Hey! Verse 37. And we were in all in the ship 200, three score and 16 souls. 200 is called 20. Three score will be 60 and 16. 200 added to 60 added to 16 brings my mathematical figure to 276 I'm sure I'm still trying with mathematics if I'm not making a mistake you will not die it's, it's, it's impossible listen and listen good it's impossible to put 276 souls of prisoners and laymen and centurions and good people on the high seas with a broken sheep and all escape to land. It is not possible. It has never happened before in the history of mankind. It's not possible. Some of them must die. The reason why they will die is because of mishap. It's not anything demonic. They must think. If you can't swim, you are gone. If you can't swim, you are afraid, you are gone. If you hit your head on the crap of the ship, would you be alive to swim? It was midnight. Fair. Some, some, in a bit not to drown, will drown the swimmers. I agree. There will be some swimmers who will be lucky. There will be very unlucky people. But to have 276 on a boat mishap, or a ship mishap, on the high sea, and they survive, is a miracle. Thank God for the miraculous. He had said it. I'm convinced you will all live. You will all escape. They are stood by me this night, the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve. I am not of this world. I operate a special principle of the supernatural. The moment we always have to look at what they said, how things are going, we are living defeated lives. What, what did they say now? Hey, emoji, what, what is going on? Hey, who did they say has died? When did they say Boko Haram is coming here? When, when is ISIS? I mean, the moment you are looking at your life governed by the world, you are defeated. 
A victor would not think this way. A victor will think of what God is saying in abstinence and say, what the Lord has spoken to me would supersede what is going on. What is going on is not as important as what my God has said. As what I decide by the power of the Holy Spirit. They said, but I am saying. Coronavirus, so and so virus. Wow. What are you saying? Can you visit China now? Have you lost the zeal to be at China? What would you say to Brother Boy, a member of this church, faithful, beloved brother who is at China? What do you wish him? While he was going, you must have wished you were him. Or you could go with him. <laughs> now you don't envy him for anything that it is worth. Why not? You call this shot. The entire earth is under your control. You call this shot. You are the light of the world. You call this shot. You know the destiny of the world. And you know whom you are. We are of God. The whole world light in darkness. We are of God. The whole world is under the strangulating, pernicious and wicked control of the harsh tyranny of satanic wickedness. But we are of God. We are of God. We know what is going on. They watch by the litmus. They test by the litmus. They watch by the time and the seasons. We watch in the realm of the spirit. They do things by their whims and caprices, by their own strength. But we trust the name of the Lord. We do own things from the realm of the spirit. We are looking on the inside. We are talking to God. We are not talking to men. We are not asking men what is next. We are asking the Lord what is next. God is the one that determines everything. He has put the world under control and he has told us to be special, to be separate, to be unique, to be distinct so that we can govern the world well with the power of on high. Power from on high. Let's do it. Let's stop meddling and mixing with the multitude. Don't even know whom we are, where we belong, to whom we belong. Let's stand out and say, we are of God. We are on the sunny side of life. We are of God who will do the will of the Father here on this earth. No matter how bad the world is turning, God is in control. Through us, the kingdom of God is advancing in power. The kingdom of the house of the Lord has become head over all kingdoms. God's will will be done. Our God will reign through us. Let's take position at this strategic time of human history and say, we are of God, though the world is in darkness. We cannot die like people who die out of mishap or ill luck. We should take our time to fulfill his will. Then we go at his prescribed time. God has given us the entire world to capture with the power of his omnipotence. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's stand to our feet and just worship him. Let's just bless him. Stand upright to your feet. Give him glory that's due him and say, Lord, you are worthy.